0: There we go, we are live It's a Christmas spectacular 49ers, Ravens We've got keys to victory For the Christmas special uh, Is it a Super Bowl preview And the star-studded matchup This talent on both sides of the ball Some clinching scenarios too for that one seed For the San Francisco 49ers All that and more coming up right now You are Locked On 49ers Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. We love all the everydayers out there. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code, all lowercase, locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Woo! This is what it's all about, Croc. This is a fun game. This, this is a loose game. This is a light game. I don't know if it's the holiday. I don't know if it's that, you know, it's an AFC team for both the, the Ravens and the 49ers. If they lose, they can go back and win a couple of games and, and still clinch the one seed in their divisions. This doesn't feel as tense as even the Cowboys game did in week five, Uh, maybe the Seahawks matchup in week 12 and definitely not the Eagles matchup in week 13. I feel like this is a loose, like let's see what the other conference has for us here. This is good on good. This is one seed on one seed. This is just a straight up popcorn game for me. It's going to be Christmas evening. Uh, Maybe get a little eggnog going, uh, get a lot of food going and, and watch the two best teams in the league play it out. I I can't wait for this one. I
1: don't think there is, there are as many ramifications in this game, like in a bad way, right? Like you lose to an AFC team, but then you go and you win the next two games. Like you still have the number one seed, but a wise man once said, and that wise man was, was Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. So I don't see that there's any, less than the 49ers going out there preparing the way that they typically do bring that fire the way they do i think by the time they're kind of coming through that tunnel with the boom box they're going to be fired up they're going to be ready to go and everybody in those stands with the minimum the the lowest ticket price being like 300 they're all going to be fired up as well
0: no doubt uh it's it's gonna be a good one and yeah you know and great teams are built that way too you step on the football field you're there to to defeat the the man in front of you. And so the 49ers are going to be that Kyle Shanahan's going to put the guys out there. He's going to use all of uh, his weapons at his disposal. He's not thinking about clinching scenarios, but uh, I do want to kind of look at some clinching scenarios here for the 49ers. And really there's all those 10 win teams in the NFC. Those are the only teams the 49ers have to worry about here. Uh, and that's if the 49ers just, you know, have some problems in the last three weeks and, and maybe lose two out of three, which, you know, is possible. I don't think it's very likely, but it's it's possible. So that would be the only scenario the 49ers don't end up with uh with the one seed in the next three weeks, but they could end up with the one seed by the end of Christmas evening. And the scenario is basically the 49ers handle their business as they have been since the bye and defeat those Baltimore Ravens and then If the Philadelphia Eagles lose to the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys lose to the Miami Dolphins, which is really good. We got one-on-one seed, and then we got two seed-on-two seed with the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins uh, this week, which is really fun. And then uh, the Detroit Lions are playing against their division rival, Minnesota Vikings. So if all three of those 10-win teams lose and the Niners win, boom, it's already wrapped up just this week. So let's not waste any time. Let's beat those Baltimore Ravens. Let's beat that one seed, right? That's the mindset, and... Philly's been struggling. The New York Giants have been semi-hot. The Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys, neither one of those teams has really beat anybody, which this might be the first time either team beats somebody. And is it still beating somebody because the other team still hasn't beaten anybody in that case? And then uh, you know how division matchups go with Detroit and Minnesota. So it it could all get wrapped up potentially by the end of Monday night, and that's the ultimate scenario.
1: I think I remember, was it 2019 and late in the year, they did have the big game on the road against Seattle and they pulled that off by an inch, a big shot to Drake Greenlaw on that goal line tackle, but it kind of felt yeah. like they were kind of cruising into the postseason. And then they had that first round by, but man, when they came out in that divisional round, it felt like that fire came back. And if the scenario that you talked about just now, if that plays out, I think everybody can kind of relax for a few weeks, But come playoff time, come divisional round, I think everybody kind of really be bringing that fire again and get that buzz. And uh, I think it was the 49ers media team put out a great video of Quan Alexander coming back. Like Those were were good times, good vibes. And this team is a lot better.
0: Do you think that Brock Purdy can do anything in this game to change the minds of the Brock Purdy haters? The ones out there that are like, oh, it's all Kyle Shanahan's offense. Uh, It's yards after catch. He's not making the thing run. He's the trailer. He's not the truck that's pulling the trailer. And do you think there's something that Brock Lee can do in this time against the uh, against the Baltimore Ravens that can change the minds of those folks?
1: No. If if by this time, if you still feel like that, then you're just always gonna feel that way for whatever. Have your bias for whatever reasons uh, about Brock. Listen, it is well documented. I know I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this guy is so amazing. But I was watching him like, man, he's doing a lot of really good things. But he did have that stigma of that seventh-round pick. You do look at him and say, he's not the biggest the guy, not the strongest a guy, all of these things that eventually really didn't matter to how well he can play football. He's accurate. He's on time. And he does those things consistently over and over and over. He makes plays with his legs when you need him to do it. He extends plays and makes plays with his legs and then his arm when you need him to do it. And he's been doing that really all season long. They did have their one moment during the three-game winning streak where you and I both came out and said, he's actually not playing any worse. We actually think he's playing well. It's just in like one moment, he didn't play great. But he, I mean, he probably had one of his most productive games against the Bengals with over 50 yards on the ground, like 350 or whatever in the air. So I don't think throughout this year, outside of the Browns game, we've seen like a bad Brock and even then, people jumped on him for those games. Oh, look, see? He's not the guy. He's actually playing well. Now, I, I don't think that there's anything he can do for the people that are still pushing against Brock Purdy and how well he's playing right now.
0: Yeah, and I do think that, on the other hand, Lamar Jackson could do the the thing where he goes and wins it in this game. right? Because if he has this huge game and the Ravens beat the 49ers, you watch that betting line for MVP on – Tuesday morning, it's going to have Lamar Jackson as the betting favorite over, right now, the betting favorite, who is Brock Purdy. And Chris in the chat says the only QB stand between Brock Purdy and being the number one NFL MVP is Lamar. He says, but Christian McCaffrey will likely win it. I don't know about that either. And and I do think there's an element of McCaffrey and Purdy might split some votes that that obviously hurts both of them. And that might allow whoever the other candidate is, in this case, Lamar Jackson, if he does play well on Monday night, uh, to to actually get the most votes and and end up winning that award, I think that's a possibility. But really, to me, when I think of the the, the folks out there that are non believers in Brock Purdy, with what the 49ers are doing, it's historically great. It, it's on par with you know uh, you got to go back five years to find someone that's even close, right to what. Right now is happening efficiency wise for the 49ers when the guy who's thrown the 21st most passes has the most touchdown passes and he has the second most passing yards. The efficiency is crazy. The running game is crazy, right? And so if you think Brock Purdy is not the reason why, those folks better for sure, they better damn well be betting or they better damn well be voting for Kyle Shanahan as coach of the year, if that's the case, too, right? Because th- what they're what they're basically saying is uh if you have a coach this good and you have weapons like this then you're not even allowed to win this award because everything around you is so great. Well, if everything is around you is so great, you better be voting for the other folks for those other awards too.
1: Right. And I think Kyle Shanahan, where's the conversation around him being coach of the year?
0: Nobody talks about it.
1: I I explained it like this. I was on 95, seven, the game. And the way that I explained it was, uh, you know, when you have kids, you know, there's a lot of parents here. I'm pretty sure that listen to this podcast, your kid that always does everything right and you never have to worry about him is kind of like just expected, right? Like just do the right things, uh, get great grades, do terrific in sports. But then we all, and me too, I got kids. We all have that one kid that might be a little bit more of a knucklehead. And the moment they do something good is, Oh, that's a great, great job. Right. And then the kids are like, yeah, I've been doing this, this whole time, you know, but you celebrate that one kid. I think that's, like uh, Dan Campbell being up for coach of the year and getting it over Kyle Shanahan because Kyle's just been good his entire time with the Niners. And obviously, there's some times where they didn't have a great quarterback play. But Campbell, who has done a terrific job of turning the lines around, but he's getting, he, if they play 49ers, 49ers is going to mop them up. But that's not gonna matter because it's like, oh great job, Dan Campbell. We, we just thought you were gonna bite knees and do all these things, but you're actually winning games. And Kyle's looking like me, I've been doing this the whole time. So, oh, so Trump, what's going on.
0: I think this I think that's kind of deep seated in you too. Were you the good boy and your brother was the one that was screwing up, choosing the cowboys? And <laughs> he would do something, and they'd be giving,
1: Oh, good job. And you're like over here, what's going on, man? I do these things all the time. He's a Dodger fan, too. Like, what are we doing? Oh,
0: geez. How does that happen? How does that even happen? All right. we got to move on here. More keys to victory for the San Francisco 49ers against the Baltimore Ravens next. Today's episode of Locked Up 49ers is brought to you by DoorDash. Whenever the game clock stops, that's the time to order in with DoorDash uh halftime that's ordering time right whenever i think of football i always think of food and you gotta have your spread set and it's nice to have that planned out so that's delivered right at the right time and you know you're pulling out your your lucky charm jerseys you're getting ready for the game and for me i think i might be doing the chinese food on christmas evening for DoorDash because i'm gonna do i talked about this yesterday i'm gonna do a lot of christmas eve food and I'm mean, going to have leftovers Christmas morning. I think I might be over the Christmas food and maybe just it might be all gone by that point. I might have downed it all. I think I'm going to go DoorDash Chinese food delivery for game time on a Monday night. Wings, pizza, soda, burgers, whatever it is, DoorDash has you covered. Even retail and groceries. If you just need that last ingredient for what you're throwing on the grill, you could DoorDash that as well get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more with our promo code on your first order when you download the DoorDash app that is code LOCKED23 subject to change terms apply don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more subject to change terms apply Croc, when I look at this game and, you know, keys to victory and you know, where are the weaknesses? Where are the strengths? What, what do the 49ers have to do here? And I love this little tool at Pro Football Focus where you can um you can bring up the it's sort of a, a picture of the defense versus the offense and vice versa, and it has the player grades next to them. And when you pull up 49ers versus Ravens, especially Niners offense versus Ravens defense, it's lit up like a Christmas tree, dude. Like, cause if it's if you are uh, if you're 70 or above, and you know, for those folks that don't know about pro football focus grades, you know, 70 is a pretty good grade. You know, if you're in the 80s, that's that's really good. And very rarely are you even getting into the 90s with your uh with your PF grade. So it's not like a Madden rating where a 70 player is not very good. 70 is a really good grade as far as pro football focus number grades go. And when you look at the 49ers offense, you have Christian McCaffrey who leads everybody with his 91.3 grade. I mean, best grade in the NFL for for, uh, running backs. Brandon ayuk has got a 92 grade. So we're talking about two guys in the 90s, which is is a rarity, and a bunch of guys in the 80s. You got Kittle, 88.8. You got Feliciano right now doing a great job filling in at right guard, and I think he's going to stay at right guard, 84.4 grade. Trent Williams, 85.8, which is about 10 points lower than he was last year. He broke their system last year. I can't remember what his grade was, 90-something. It was crazy. Brock Purdy's 86.9. Uh, Debo Samuel, 86.5. Juwan Jennings is 68, which is still a light green color. So uh, a lot of very green and and going into the blue grades when you're in the 90s here for the 49ers offense. And then you go to the Ravens defense, and you got Roquan Smith, 86.4. His uh, running mate at linebacker, Patrick Queen, 77.4 grade. You've got pierce 75 you got matabuke 73.5 you got jason always at 81.4 you got um j davion clowney 79.2 and then you got the safeties kyle hamilton 81.6 and williams the other safety 73.7 they've only got like two guys that are just a little bit of yellow and one of them's marlon humphrey who's been one of the better cornerbacks in the league for a long time so like this is absurd talent um uh, it's it's good on good. It's one seed versus one seed, and that's what I'm so excited about. Like there's talent everywhere in this football game.
1: There is talent. I think what is going to come down to is, you know, which talent exposes maybe a weakness of the other talent, right? And you and I kind of came in here, and and I talked about the the linebacker group. We know how good Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are. You know, 49ers, we feel like the 49ers have the best linebacker tandem in the league. I feel like most people feel like that. But Baltimore Ravens, people might say, ah, no, nah, like Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, like that's the best linebacker crew. I think if you want to attack one area where they might be weak from everything, I'm understanding Queen is solid in pass coverage. Uh, Roquan Smith is cool in pass coverage. But if there's anywhere where they could be a little bit more aggressive, kind of bite on things underneath. It's in that area. And we know that's the specialty of Kyle Shanahan, really kind of window dressing things, showing you the picture you want, just so you can react the way he needs you to and hit those deep crossers behind and you get the yards up to catch and everything like that, keep the sticks moving. So uh, really good linebackers there, but there is an area where they can be had.
0: Uh, listening to uh, Jim or John Harbaugh, excuse me, not Jim, brother, John, he was asked about the 49ers and talking about, uh, you know how to prepare and and what he's worried about with the, the team and you know it wasn't quite worded that way but he was just like you know we're not r- really worried about what they're going to do cuz we're just focused on what we can do and we think match up with anybody at any time and and they can and that they're that type of team and the 49ers are that type of team as well and when when i look especially at the back seven of the ravens it's a lot better than it's it's a lot better than the um than the cowboys but it's especially a lot better than what we saw at the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, I don't think this is a game where the 49ers are going to light up the scoreboard and put up 42 points, right? I think they're going to have to win a, a closer game here. And you hope it doesn't come down to a field goal because they got a pretty darn good kicker. Uh, although, you know, Jake Moody's done a really good job and, and been pretty solid outside of uh, missing a game winner against the Cleveland Browns earlier this season. But I, I'm struggling to decide if this is going to be like a grinded out game or if since there's so much talent on both offenses that that's going to win out. And it might be, even though this is the second and fourth best defense in the NFL going against each other, that it might be maybe a little bit more of a a higher scoring game.
1: You know, you look on the outsides and you talked about kind of, you know, some of their past coverage and things like that. They got a guy, Stevens, right now. Stevens is playing very well. And if you ask Ravens flock, they're saying, man, this guy's, you know, borderline all pro kind of in that range. The good thing about the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan in this game is not even really so much about attacking one guy. I don't know if you watched. I'm pretty sure you did watch the Seahawks against the Eagles on, what was it, Monday night, where yeah. on that last drive, are you aware that, that on a 92-yard drive, 92 of the yards were on James Bradbury? Like, every catch <laughs> I mean, was on Bradbury.
0: that they were throwing at him? I didn't realize all of them were on him, though.
1: Every, every, all 92 yards. Or it was like 86 out of the 92 yards. Regardless, he got beat like a drum. Well, that's not what Kyle does. So Bradbury gets the 49ers, and, you know, Debo Samuel was out there. Oh, Bradbury. Trash, not good, right? Well, you know, literally, he said, use the word trash like he's trash. He said that zero uh, targets, zero targets against the 49ers. He was not targeted one time against the Niners. So it, it don't even matter how good your secondary is against the 49ers. The way that Kyle Shanahan dials up this scheme and where he attacks, it's really kind of your safeties and your linebackers. And occasionally, we've seen some throws outside the numbers, down the field. You'll you'll get that. But that's not really where the 49ers truly want to beat you. They're going to window dress things. They're going to use the threat of the run, and they're going to hit those big, gaping windows. And it might not even be your corners that are responsible for it. But somebody's going to have to answer, and they're going to have to answer with a tackle on a 49ers pass catcher in the open field.
0: In the chat, NBN Pineapple says, a Uke game with the Flames. What do you think? Is this a is this the IU game? It's been a little. I feel like it's his turn. It's been a little while for IU, right?
1: I keep saying on Prize Picks, I'm not going to choose 49ers pass catchers. I'm not going to choose 49ers pass catchers, and then I do it, and it fails me every time. So I'm going to try to stop guessing here. Uh, they have a plethora of guys who can get off at any moment. You know, we can look up and see Brandon IU have, you know, 120 yards, or he can have what he's had in three out of the last two out of the last three games, which is like. 40 yards right like 30 yards like well below what he's expected to get so it may very well be an IU game but it's really hard to predict that in Kyle Shanahan's offense
0: it is man and uh I feel like it was needed because we got to get those 3,000 yard receivers so Debo catching up um George Kittle's right there in that uh in that territory of being projected to get to about a thousand yards this season as a receiver and brandon Ayuk had the early lead and the other guys catching up now so um i i want that to happen because it's it's fun and i think it just adds to the value of what brock purdy's doing the way he spreads the ball around the way he's able to find the open man i think people are going to start appreciating that And, and when he do when he if he's doing that against a defense like the Ravens in prime time when everyone's watching, I just think it'll help a little bit more, especially with whoever's voting because a lot of those haters out there don't have a vote in who the MVP is, by the way. So uh, there's a lot to play out, I think, and I I still do think MVP could be be won or lost here on Monday Night Football. I'm going to flip to the other side of the ball, Croc, and talk a little bit about what the 49ers' defense has to do against the Baltimore Ravens' offense next. This episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and even sharks in the pool, all you do it's you against the numbers, those prize picks projections. You pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch those winnings roll in. And now that the NBA is here, you can do combo projections as well between football and basketball. For example, Steph Curry plus uh, George Kittle, 10.5 combo of three pointers made plus receptions in a given game. So you can win a lot of money in a lot of different ways. You can win up to 25 times your money, turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks at Prize picks. All you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: Hey, hey Peacock. Yeah. Before we flip sides here, did you see anything about Marlon Humphreys floating around social media?
0: Uh, I saw some folks like clipped out something where he was just joking out of context and and trying to get people fired up. But Marlon (laughs) Humphrey wasn't really trying to go there, Uh, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it got, maybe the the wrong message still got to the 49ers locker room. We'll see. I I don't know. Do they still do bulletin boards in the locker room? Everything's on social media now. You need to have like a, a video board that just plays it over and over again with the audio while you're in the locker room.
1: I think a lot of times with that the coach will say something or he'll put it up for everybody to see. Yeah. Uh, so it's not literally on the bulletin board, but they might put it on the you know, projector or whatever for people to see. But yes, 49 Faithful uh the, the 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 faithful got a hold of it and clipped it at just the right time that made it look like he was more serious. If, if you're not aware, uh, he does a podcast uh every week with my guy Jack and he basically said, hey, what do you think about the 49ers? What do you think about this matchup? And he's like, I don't respect them. And he's like, okay, you know, jumping straight into it. He said, yeah, I don't respect anybody on that team. And then that's it. That's where 49er people cut it. But he said, no, nah, I'm joking, man. They're a terrific team. They got weapons everywhere. I mean, everybody's going to be an all-pro. He talked highly about Debo Samuel and having to catch him uh, before he really gets going in the open field. Talked about... Uh, how Brandon Ayuk to him is one of the more underrated players in the league. And he just kind of went on, on and on with a lot of glowing remarks about the 49ers. So we'll see, we'll see which message about, uh, you know, with all that gets to the actual 49ers players.
0: You know how players are. Somebody's going to be mad about something. It, it doesn't take a lot. And it might be something that happens in warmups. It might be, uh, who knows, who knows what it is. Something that happened five years ago. Something that happened in college that someone's mad about. So, um, I don't know, hopefully somebody on the defense uh, played against, louisville and college and is really mad about uh something that <laughs> lamar jackson did it has a little bit and when we're looking at that matchup on that side of the ball i mean i i think the 49ers have shown what they're going to do against a quarterback like lamar jackson That's easily i mean lamar's a different guy too and, and that's what's i think 49ers fans you should be confident going into this game lamar's a different dude and um he can create so much by himself, but I do think that the plan and we've seen it before is the 49ers are going to rush with the intention to try to keep him in the pocket. They're going to rush with contain. And we've seen that a lot in in recent weeks with Nick Bosa and you see him, he's just kind of bull rushing, just trying to control the tackle with his hands so he can ditch him and keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. That's going to be the game plan. Now Lamar Jackson's a great passer as well. He can throw from the pocket this year in Todd Munkin's offense. um, You know, they've, they've been a little bit more, Uh, a typical pro style offense than it had been before. But, you know, it's still Lamar Jackson. He's still getting out and making plays with his legs. They're still running the ball a lot, but he's doing a really good job delivering the ball to Isaiah. Likely who's filling in for Mark Andrews and Zay flowers is a a really good rookie wide receiver for them. And Odell Beckham's shown some flashes of his own self. He's not his old self, but um, he's made some plays as well. I do think the 49ers passing game is much better than the Ravens passing game. Right now, overall, for for various reasons. But Lamar Jackson's a problem, and I, I think you're going to see that contained style of rush. One of the big keys then becomes, okay, what about the guys inside? And are you going to get Armstead back? Are you going to get Hargrave back? And are you going to be able to stop the run and stop Lamar Jackson from from taking off in uh, in that direction as well? So uh, that's a huge key f- to me on defense, and, and you want to have full-strength defensive line in this one. And I just don't know if those guys are going to be ready to play yet.
1: I think that's the big thing, right, trying to make them one-dimensional because if you make it to where they have to throw to win the game, I'm not sure if that's how they want to play a football game, right? Now, can you get them to be one-dimensional? Because I don't know what's going on with Armstead or Hargrave, but not having those two guys we saw last week, you got 284 yards put up on you on the ground alone. That's not ideal. And a lot of those gaping runs right up the gut, where those two guys would be. So in this game, it's definitely very pivotal to have them so you can kind of slow up the run game of Baltimore, who's missing Keaton Mitchell. Uh, he's uh, tore his ACL, tore his ACL in the last game. Uh, so yeah, they won't. He's,
0: he's done, yep.
1: Yeah. yeah it, it, so it's Gus Edwards, and he's not the dynamic guy. He's more just kind of straight ahead. And I think he's more, his, his production comes off of the threat of Lamar Jackson keeping the ball. That, that's what mm-hmm. it feels more like to, to me. I, I don't think he's the guy you just line up in I formation and think he's going to run for 100 yards or anything. And he's probably still not going to do that, even with the help of Lamar. But the, everything starts and stops with Lamar. And, and I think that's one thing 49ers fans are going to see. And when you hear people talk about him potentially being MVP, in this game, you'll see why. It's him. And, and they go as he goes to like the highest extent. And there's gonna be a couple plays probably to or shot throws to Zay Flowers. Odell Beckham, you told you said he shows flashes, and it's really like a flash, like like a like a glimpse. Like he, he may have a 20 yard play, maybe he but he more than likely gonna end this game with around 35 yards. Like he hasn't been that same big play guy that we knew him to be when he was with the New York Giants. All right. So it's the Lamar show. And you have to figure out how to make him one-dimensional, and then you'll feel more comfortable with however the outcome is of this game.
0: Practice report from Thursday. Armstead and Hargrave both did not practice. So it's getting late in the week, although it's an extra day. So still have a couple days here for those guys to get on the field. Uh, And uh, Diamondor Lenore, who's dealing with that bruised ribs, did participate in practice on Thursday. So uh, that is the latest from the big three on the defense that were. Um, that have been out earlier on this week in practice and uh, not looking good Thursday for Armstead and, and Hargrave and you got to get them right. You got to get your guys healthy, but I I really want to see them out there. Um, but inside Cy- cyber Jeremy in the chat nailed it. Like this was the big one. And especially after what we saw, we saw last week, the 49ers had 16 missed tackles. The most they've had all season long. You, you can't do that against the Baltimore Ravens. So Inside's important, but we're talking about once they get to the second level, then you really got to get them down. So whether it's uh, the linebackers, whether it's Warner and Greenlaw, and I mean, this is the the best group of linebackers that exist in the NFL from two teams playing against each other, right? And so you can't be missing those tackles. I'm sure it's been beaten into their head this week about tackles, but um, if they play the style of game they played last week, they're not going to put up 45 points on the Ravens, likely. And those missed tackles are going to come back to haunt them a little bit more. And, and that's the path to lose this game.
1: No, nah, definitely. He talked about, you know, getting the guy down like Lamar Jackson. The interesting thing with Lamar, just watching him, I don't get the feeling that he's as dynamic as he used to be. Now, he's still very productive. He had, what, almost what, 100 yards on the ground last week. So he still can be productive. He's still better than most. But he's not as... Elusive. I don't know. There's something going on there. You kind of watch Jalen Hurts this year. And when you watch Jalen Hurts run, you, you notice, like, kind of looks a little different with the way Hurts is running. I, I get that same feeling with Lamar this year, where I don't know if he added a few pounds. So it looks a little different, but it's not the super explosive, uh, uh, elusive guy that I'm just so used to seeing. So uh, that might be something that helps the 49ers a little bit. But even then, it's like, okay, slow him down to where he only gets 50 yards ready instead of like 100. You know, like, what does that end up looking like?
0: Right, yeah, like, he can get his a little bit just as long as he doesn't break it. He doesn't break a big one. He doesn't, you know, break your backs on third down and, and keep long drives alive. It's, uh, that's a huge one for sure. Um, Lamar been sacked 34 times this season, according to Brett in the chat. And, uh, yeah. you know what, Croc, You might have given... Lamar and the Ravens, the bulletin board material. Oh, Lamar! I don't know. Lamar doesn't look at dynamic anymore.
1: Uh, no, 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 I said he does not look as dynamic. Okay, right. he's still in the what is it the ninety nine percentile of yeah. my quarterbacks.
0: He went from a, a ninety nine Madden rating to a to a ninety four Madden rating. R- right. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be fun. uh I love watching Lamar Jackson play. Lamar Jackson's. Ravens when he plays, I think they're, I think it's 18 to one. I always forget what the exact number is. 16 to one, 18 to one. They beat the Rams last week. So it's either 17 now or 19 and one against NFC teams. It's different when you haven't played against Lamar Jackson, it's a, it's a different beast. And those, those division games that they have in the AFC North, they battle each other a lot. And those teams, those games are always close and they do a really good job against Lamar um, or better than most. But when he goes and plays a team that's never played him and guys that haven't played against him, it's different. And so I can't wait to see how the 49ers look against Lamar Jackson. I can't believe I can't wait to see how the 49ers look against the other conferences, best teams because the 49ers have already beaten this conferences, the NFC's best teams. So good on good one seed on one seed and maybe the MVP award at stake as well. I do want to thank everybody for making lockdown 49ers your first listen every day here on the lockdown podcast network and make sure you check out the new lockdown sports Day. You can Find it on Amazon Fire TV as well as the YouTube channel. Subscribe up there, 24-7 coverage. Local experts like Croc and myself, and, of course, the national shows as well. It's the first of its kind, 24-7 streaming sports network, Locked On Sports. Today, Croc and I will be back to break everything down from a little Christmas football action right here, Locked On 49ers.
1: Subscribe to my dad's podcast. Oh, Leo!